0: Yep. You know what that means. It's Worst Gig Ever with Mike Pace. <laughs> and Jeff Garlock. And the reason why I was speaking in that pirate vernacular at the beginning of this episode. I thought there was episode, a pirate here. Well, look, get out of here, pirate. <laughs> hey, pirate, you should get uh, a name first. <laughs> um, pirate Joe. <laughs> Our guest this week is the lady... Hi. The Lady Eye. The Lady Eye, who, in the grand tradition of sideshow performers, is a sword swallower. She is uh, a, a double blocker. double blockhead. And if you don't know what that is, listen to the episode we'll because it's fascinating. It uh, she also performs a lot of comedy in her routine, which... Makes her unique in the world of uh, sideshow performers, I would say.
2: Yeah, she had some interesting stories. Oh, we got to talk about everything I would have wanted to talk about, honestly.
0: She's a fascinating lady, and she has some real... Worst gigs. I mean, if you're interested in the world of the sideshow and how all that stuff works, it sounds you're love like this it could be
2: just as terrible, if not worse, than playing in a band. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. It sounds awful with these gigs. She's telling us. Yeah, it's uh, but
0: it's it's an eye opening.
2: And we get an scene. inside scoop on your favorite show that's ever existed. That's right, oddities. Oddities, oddities
0: on the Science <laughs> Channel. If you guys have not seen this show, it's about. And a, uh, what would you call it? An antique shop. Sort a of, curio shop. A curio shop, if your grandmother was sort of a kook. Yes. On the Lower East Side that, that barters and trades in the world of oddities. Mike might be as obsessed
2: with oddities as he as he is with the, the beauty of the West. The, or the of, of the West. The promise of the
0: West and oddities because it's all odd. It's to, all about hope, man. Tea, yeah.
2: <laughs> there's hope in those there, weird, cojoined baby There's twins. a lot
0: of... A lot of cool stuff in here. So if you're, uh, if, if you're, you're a Ricky Jay
2: stuff, fan, we talk about Ricky Jay. Talk J. about Ricky Jay. Great, great stuff. Great stuff. It's I think
0: great. I think we've we've hyped this episode enough. What else do we have to tell the fine? Uh,
2: what folks? else do we have to tell? Well, the the lady actually got in the hold of us over uh, email, she and did. you should do that as well. Worst ever at gmail dot com. If you want to uh, suggest any guests for us, if you want to suggest that you should be a guest, if you just have any comments, we've been uh, also getting some messages on our Facebook. Yes. So go to WorstGigEver at Facebook.com if you want to send any messages. Check out all the latest episodes and the old episodes. Go to our Tumblr, WorstGigEverPodcast.tumblr.com and go to our iTunes. Like
0: it. We're available.
2: We're getting some, you're we're getting available. some more comments there. We're getting some more ratings and we would love more of them. Just let <laughs> us know how much you love what we're doing for you.
0: Or not, or
2: not. Right? That How was, much we're not doing. That was for a great. You.
0: That was a great, like Channel Thirteen fundraiser. It was nice right there. Uh, and you'll get a four-disc duop <laughs> CD set. You you'll, you'll not get, want you'll to listen to any song out there. <laughs> there we go. Here's Little Anthony and the Imperials, <laughs>
2: and we'll give you the pioneers of television on VHS. Here
0: we go. Sid Caesar, <laughs> Tim Conway talking about Sid Caesar for five hours. That's Dwarf on Caesar. <laughs> All right. Without any further ado, the lady eye on Worst gig Ever.
3: One of my worst gigs ever was last fall. This woman emailed me and she's, she had been trying to get me before and I... Um, I canceled on her once when she was producing, and it was like in Harlem. It was wasn't that last one wasn't something um I couldn't get to. But then she's like, Well, I'm producing in New Jersey, and I kind of felt like I owed her, and she's like, I promise there'll be a guy there who books all these major comedy chains, and I've been trying to expand my footprint in the comedy world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know, sort of move beyond burles- just burlesque and sideshow in the city. And so I was like, all right, I'll do it. Here's my minimum. And I was really, I really cut the hell out of my general minimum for leaving the city because it was just over the bridge in Union, New Jersey. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> it wasn't right. that exotic. Yeah. Like I didn't have to go to, um, you know, well, it was another state, but I this was a to-
0: live event. This yeah, was not like a pre li- thing. It was a, or... it was
3: a variety night. Okay. And uh-huh. so she begged, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I booked it in and I realized I had booked myself in the night before Rosh Hashanah had started. <laughs> Uh-oh. And I, had to get out to Long Island to my parents' place. Wait, wait
0: a second. I'm from Long Island. I'm a, I'm a Long Island Jew I'm the, as well.
3: I am actually. I grew up back and forth between Manhattan and the East End. But my mother. Okay. What?
0: Are, I, I li- I'm from Syasset originally.
3: Quayogue. So.
0: Oh, we are way out.
3: Way the hell way out. out. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs>
0: like I'm like forty five minutes from no, here. No, it's
3: an hour and a half. Two hours. I'm like
0: North Shore Jew. <clears throat> All right. So we're, we're on a roll but you know, here. But okay. you
3: know, like, if you're like, hey, mom, I can't go because I have to go tell jokes in yeah. a bar. <laughs> and, and when
0: people say the it, night, uh, Rosh Hashanah starts at night. Right. So this was the first night, or? It was the
3: night before the first okay. night. It was Rosh Hashanah Eve. Rosh <laughs> <Okay. laughs> My favorite
0: right. time of year is Rosh Hashanah yeah. Eve.
3: It actually, yeah. <laughs> it actually
0: is, and it's a big deal <laughs>
3: for my mom. My mom has, like, kitchen stadium, like 20, she's going to cook, like, a brisket the size of a small sure. child. You know, like it's,
0: it's a big, it's a big, deal.
3: It's a big it's, deal. It's the
2: high holy days. You gotta it's sure. a big
3: deal. And I and I cook. They'll and so, call a
2: high holy day for nothing. No, exactly. no. They
3: mean it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, damn it. And then I figured I found out that there was some like midnight train, one o'clock in the morning. The drunk train leaves yes. 10 and goes out. You can go out to West Hampton or Long Island
0: road. Railroad, yeah. Yeah, you can take Awful.
3: the train out. Uh, Like at one o'clock in the morning. So I had it scheduled sort of down to the minute, like I'll go, I'll do my set, I'll jump back in, that puts me back in uh, Port Authority, you know, one jump to Penn Station, Station. I'm mm-hmm. out of there, I sleep a couple hours in my bed at my parents' place, I'm up in the morning in time, you know, to make carrots in and kugel, yeah, and kugel it's it's perfect nothing could possibly go wrong so what could possibly, possibly go you know, wrong
0: setting it up it's all foolproof.
3: right foolproof. uh and so the woman who was hosting it said you know just sit on the street corner near port authority and i'll pick you up on the way out and i was like awesome because <laughs> i carry a bag of swords with me everywhere
0: and sure I, <laughs> Cartoon. Well, you can defend yourself. At least.
3: Yes. And okay. so I was just like, all right, I'm doing this. Like, I'm getting a little cash and she's, I'm going to meet this, um, booker. I'm doing this for my career and <laughs> no one will be any the wiser. So she's late showing us up, showing up and showing up for us and. I'm standing on the corner and it's like I'm almost having. I grew up here in the city, so I'm almost having a nostalgic memory because <laughs> there's like busted-looking trannies dra- riding by on bicycles.
0: There's a little bit of the old yeah. New York by Port Authority, yeah, but the Still, backside of Port Authority, you yeah. know. And
3: I'm almost like a little nostalgic, and the whole thing is, you know, and I'm, she's laid, and finally I see this woman running toward me, and I was like, oh, hooker. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and I'm not proud of this. And it, it was the it was the hostess, and she was just there in like her underwear and a fuzzy jacket. And I thought like, oh, she's a burlesque performer. She's in costume, and she, we all pile into her 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 car to go out there. And it's me and a burlesque tap dancer and a couple of comics. And so the comics know her, and they're asking her. Is your boyfriend coming? So this is the beginning of the weird <laughs> psychosexual part of the evening that was just a bonus on top of the whole other weirdness of the evening.
0: Uh, it's a lot of people in one car. Also, it's a clown right- car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like right
3: off the <laughs> it bat. It's basically a clown, <laughs> a variety clown car <laughs> at this moment. And uh, so we all pile into the car. We're, you know, boom, right over the bridge to New Jersey. And they say, is your boyfriend coming out? And she says, no, he's too young and he's too stupid. And he gets crazy jealous and he doesn't want to see me on stage. And I don't know this woman. (laughs) And so I'm just mm, smiling, nodding my head. Okay, (laughs) yeah, cool, whatever. Ha ha. And um, so we get there and the bar is largely empty. And she said, I decorated the venue. And I was just like, you decorated the venue. I've been producing for 10 years. I never <laughs> decorated a venue in my life. I
0: put you this know? Bud Light sign in the corner. That's the, it's uh, beautiful. So, yeah, yeah.
3: I'm like, not my problem. But she'd like gone to Party City and she had fake candles and,
0: and rose petals everywhere. <laughs> so this is, this is depressing right off the bat.
3: Well, yeah, because I was thinking, like, did you spend any time promoting it, yeah, like she getting was pe- and Wait, this
0: is also during the week because Rosh Hashanah is usually always during the week, right? This was actually like
3: a Friday night or Saturday night. Oh, okay. Night so, or you, so at least you
0: had you had the promise of the the weekend yeah. crowd. Oh, the promise of yeah,
3: promise yeah. And I thought, like, okay, how? Yeah, it can't be. Sure. It really was a weekend. I think it was a Saturday night or a Friday night, and. Um, she'd covered what was kind of the backstage was sort of like a big open closet area. And then she'd covered it with a um, shower curtain. Fine enough, (laughs) you know, like I'm not a high maintenance broad. I don't need, you know, I just needed a place to sort of sit down and put my eyeliner on and whatever. And she's like, I have seven costume changes or 11 costume changes. And I was asking her, I was like, well, do you do burlesque? Do you have, you know, cause I come from a burlesque background and I was like, you know, I've hosted, Giant shows, like I've hosted, mm. and I've hosted shows at Cody Islet, you know, like yeah, my right. big deal shows. I never get more than two or three costume changes in. <laughs> right. And yeah. I'm a, I'm practically a female drag queen. So, <laughs> uh, and she's like, no, she just was kind of doing stand up comedy in her underwear. Funny. And, but she, I, I mean, if I look like her, I would do everything in my yeah. underwear. Uh-huh. I really would. But she was there. And so I, you know, time goes by and I'm chatting with the, burlesque performer. We know people in common, and you know, sort of a few people trickle in, but not much. And mm. then, like the start time gets later oh. and later and later. And I think she's drinking and drinking and drinking. Sweet,
2: yeah. Fuck rock time, yeah. Yeah,
3: and I'm looking around. And if I have, I always do this if I can before I come out. If you can see the audience, I always do what I call sniff the audience, which is you just kind of come out and like. Who am I talking to? Mm -hmm. And like people kept coming in and I was like, Oh, this is a bar for the urban lesbian. That's cool. You know, like, (laughs) okay, that's my audience. And if I need to adjust, I can, but you know, whatever. (laughs) And, uh, so it gets later and later and later. And then finally this, it's so empty that she calls her boyfriend to come in. And not only does she call him, she calls him from stage. She's on stage (laughs) on the mic. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And it's like, part of her type. So five. The show
0: hasn't really started, it started. yet. Or she, no, it's just killing time on stage. No, no, second bit. You uh, no, it's don't her get it. First bit, it's oh, her good.
3: opener. <laughs> yeah. She's standing there in panties and a uh, bra and 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 stilettos, uh, and she looks lovely. I'm not knocking, but, but she, she, couldn't,
0: <laughs> how, she couldn't bring anyone in. She. No, and, like, yeah. You'd think, you know. like,
3: You'd think burlesque would be, but no. And so, you know, like, her boyfriend's walking in, and she's on the phone with him, and she's, like, yelling through the mic, like, he's such an idiot. Don't look at him when he walks in. And I was just, like, I don't know what's going on here, but I am so – I'm already, like, I'm angry because it's late, and I got to go, and I'm in New Jersey, and, like – you know, I'm already jersey's I'm,
2: enough to piss me Yeah,
3: out. I'm just getting crankier by the second. Uh, like, sure. I'm cranky. And uh, I was just like, oh, dude, I just want to get out of here. And I was hoping, like, okay, she'll just put me on early. Bam. I'm, and I'm yeah. out of here. And then I can begin the long
0: Commute. overland
3: yeah. trek <laughs> to Long Island.
1: <laughs>
0: the <laughs> exodus right. to the Holy Land.
3: Longer and longer. <laughs> and I was like, all right, TikTok, you're going to yeah. hit a certain point, and I'm just going to have to leave. Right. And. At some point, okay, this is where I was, you know, that would have been enough. And I've been like, okay, everybody's, as a, promoter. Everybody's had a night where you just don't get the audience you think you're going to get. It happens. It's not. No. I don't know what happened, guys. I don't guys. know what happened.
2: Usually <laughs>
3: yeah. dot, dot, dot. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The and best it,
0: statement ever.
3: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, whatever. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jersey, there's as, stuff going on everywhere. Jeff
0: and I have been in touring bands and have encountered that all across this great country yes. of ours. As yeah. soon as you start we, hearing the usually I Usually Monday know. nights night are yeah.
3: packed. You can't yes. get yet yeah. yeah. Can't squeeze a dime in there.
2: Usually in Boise, Idaho, Mondays are the night.
3: Oh God, yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> that's where
0: we do. it. All right, so it's so just—it's
3: just getting more and more. And finally, she brings on the guy I think was the headliner, and I honestly I forget his name. I think his first name was Johnny, but the room is half empty. No, the room is largely empty. Uh-huh. So you haven't performed yet? No, I'm still sitting there, and like I can't <laughs> sit backstage. Cause there's yeah. no chairs there. There's just, it's just a storage and area.
0: You, you don't even so, want to be back at, at a place right. like this. It's like, yeah. Come, yeah. You know, and then you like, have to yeah. cross,
3: cause it's, you have to cross yeah, the stage it's... to get wherever it is that you're going. So I decided, I look around. I decided the front table is a good place to sit. And that was an idiot move on my part <laughs> because now I have to, cause I kept thinking like it'll be my turn next and then I can just pop up. Right. Yeah and sort of all everybody's at the back of the room you know the few souls that are in this
0: take room, a couple steps forward guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then in, no one does it yeah. it's like, no, oh, okay they're, well they're whatever. just
3: they're just a few souls <laughs> around <laughs> the room you know it's just <laughs> yeah. the room is empty and this guy because
2: those are the scariest souls too because you're like why were you why are you, you
0: here You here. i'm sure <laughs> they're
3: all our friends i don't sure. know
0: but or, I, the night then i was anymore. clearly I'm, a bust yeah. No pun intended to the host. <laughs> no, the night was but, clear, like
3: And she keeps changing and her stuff is so like you know, it's like one thing to be raw and sexy, yeah, and uncensored sure. and it's like every but it's also everything's a lead balloon. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So it's just real uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> Chelsea lately that doesn't work.
3: <laughs> yeah. In underwear. Yeah, basically that's and so she finally brings on the headline comic. comic. And this guy had just rolled out in 1987.
0: Like, he had a ponytail, <laughs> he had a trench coat, he had the little douche beard. He wasn't in the car with you guys? This is no, a different, had, this is a local, had, big local draw. The, the Johnny, big at, deal, yeah, yeah it
3: was like the, the local, yeah, he was the local guy. And he had his 10 minute set or whatever it was or 20 minute set. It seemed, it seemed like his eternity set. <laughs> yeah. sitting there listening to it. I, it.
0: It was his first hour, was solid hour.
3: Yeah. He's like, and it was all good material. And I'm sure it kills. Yeah. In
0: 1987. Yeah. The, in the, front of a brick wall somewhere. Yeah. The giggles
3: in Hoboken. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it actually Hoboken's too hip for that. Yeah. But like, so that it wasn't even, he was dressed and he'd started, to, he started off the room. Like I looked around the room and I'm like, this is a nice place for the urban lesbian Uh enjoy yourself and so i would have adjusted accordingly but he looks around the room and he starts everything with uh why are ladies like
0: (laughs) classic observational (laughs) humor and i was
3: just like no dude it's you i just it's everything i had not to start my set with like dude it's totally you it is not <laughs> us as an entire sex it's
0: you yeah so it's, let me just ask you as a logistic thing though do you have all the comics were going up first yes. and then like the burlesque yes okay
3: and it's getting later and later yeah. and i'm sitting in the front row basically like just waiting for my turn <laughs> which i'm sure is going to be next and I'm you've
2: sh- got the stress of your family just like sitting in the yeah, back like, of your I head I like, oh, like oh i gotta <laughs> get
3: home i gotta yeah. and if i miss for this
1: this, never, this never en- not hear en- about it. endeavor, yeah. like,
3: I am... I'm getting but I'm getting madder. I'm getting madder at myself. <laughs> I'm like, this is where your career is. You've worked so hard for so many <laughs> you, years, and you, you're in Union City on a Saturday in oh, an empty brother. bar. Oh, we've
0: been there. Preaching yeah. to the converted.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like, I went to college.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> then I went
3: to grad school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Those moments where you're just questioning your entire Everything. Life. Everything. Okay. Like, so I wanna yeah. I, I want to hear what happens here with
3: No, he just keeps going. And and the room is getting like i, I i'm getting angry and i actually I was thinking about my Zadie. my grandfather said if you don't have if you don't think you could hold yourself look at your thumbnails so i'm staring down with my hands in my lap but i'm sitting right in front of him so he can't not see me and the the stuff is going over like a lead balloon the room is silent and instead of like oh i have to ditch this and go to something else like he's telling Really kind of rapey jokes from 1962. Like, I, I is. swear to God, <laughs> this was in his act. Where he's like, I hate movie dates because you have to put gas in the car and then buy the girl popcorn. And I
2: was like, Yeah, he you hey. totally should have gone to a soda fountain. <laughs> when I'm bringing the girls to the CinemaScope. <laughs>
0: I know. Wry <laughs> observation. Maybe it was a complete ironic, like the whole I thing wish. was I like. Well,
2: you're because you're also you're sitting there. You're seeing the guy who set has hasn't changed since Seven either. He has his tight no, ten. The jokes are that That's 19... been the tight ten for
0: ten years.
3: Yeah, like
2: he's. The, the
3: outfit the look right. is from 1987
0: the jokes, the jokes are, are like 20 a, years prior at least like 62 25. at best <laughs> think about that movie <laughs> turk 182 <laughs> yeah. hey, what
3: and it's like how about that kennedy, <laughs> kennedy? <laughs> <laughs> to hear
0: about this, too, too soon news. too soon <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> i actually got that managed to get that once on a joke that was a good 30 years old <laughs> <laughs> i liked it i didn't dislike it i i I was playing the Chelsea Hotel, a party in the Chelsea Hotel, and I was swallowing swords. And I said, I'm going to make the biggest splash in this hotel with the blades And Sid and Nancy yeah. checked out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too,
3: and I got too soon. 30 like, years, guys. Classic. Come on. Classic. Um, so so this guy is
0: dying is he's dying. Just, he's
3: dying, but he won't let anything go. Yeah. Like apparently, this is the only ten minutes he has. Like he can't just be like, I'm gonna inject this and go to yeah, the right. like airplane food material. Of like course. he just doesn't have that <laughs> level of flexibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he just keeps going and he's li- and then he polishes it all off with uh The most you know, amazing
0: joke you've ever heard. <laughs> <with> no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like no, life changing no, experience. It's even better than it's even better than one could hope for. It was and he goes, and I know you're all whores, because I've seen you on webcams.
0: Oh, <laughs> Oof. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and, yeah, and I'm sitting there, and my jaw is, like, on the floor. <laughs> and there's a, a really butch lesbian sitting at a couch in the corner, and it's just dead silence. And then I hear, Asshole. <laughs> That was the biggest laugh that <laughs> has gotten ever. Thankfully, he
0: upgraded the set from 1987 to 1998. <laughs> oh, yeah, with yeah. his webcam. And he,
1: on yeah, uh, new, he, new yeah, after out his, there. His 58k <laughs> moto. <motive.
0: laughs> like uh, his so,
3: AOL chat rooms are very disappointing. So, know. wait,
0: so did, did you go up
3: then? Well, she put on someone else, and I was like, oh. well, screw this. I got to go. Yeah. And so I just started to walk across the stage toward the storage <laughs> area where my bags were. And she's like, oh, are you leaving? And I was like, I got (laughs) to go. And she's like, do you want it to be your turn? And I was like, yeah, okay, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you want it to be your turn?
3: I'm like, I am walking across like a mental patient. I'm just on the stage, like rumping my way across. Do you want it to be your turn? (laughs) Uh, I kind of like to go now. I'd kind of like to go and be out of Union City, New Jersey, and never come back. Right. And uh, Although I, the city itself is fine, I'm sure.
0: This uh, one's going out to the people of Union City. No, it is. Fine they have, a lovely, view. They have a lovely view
3: of Manhattan, <laughs> and their shuttle bus is very easy
1: to
0: use.
3: <laughs> but I did finally do my set, and I, I do a portion of my set where I will swallow the sword, and then just so the audience is having fun, I will let an audience volunteer – pull it out of my throat. Ooh. And so I was like, can I have a-
0: comes up. Yeah, <laughs> and I can I seven. can
3: I have an audience volunteer and there are now like three people in the room. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I just grab the woman closest to me and I and I say, and sweetheart, what's your name? And she says crazy. And there's was just this, like I was like, "This is so not how I want to <laughs> die. <laughs> like, I just don't want to die. This.
2: I should have just been and like, you know what, pulls a to... sword out your throat and stabbed it. Yeah, in the basically,
3: stomach. I should have just been like, you know what, go sit back down. Yeah, we're done. We're done. I've oh. already been paid. We're done. The yeah, royal
2: so, we is done. Yeah, it.
3: but no, I did it. I finished my act. It went over pretty big, and then I was just like, <laughs> good night. All right, step backstage, drop
0: the mic or Yeah, out Basically,
3: there. yeah, went and put on my street clothes.
0: I mean, at Took least a and, like, just, of swords.
3: Put away my swords and then just stomped back <laughs> right. across the
0: stage and out the door. So, it, but did you did you manage to get paid then? And there? I got paid
3: when I showed up. Okay, oh, so
0: that yeah. was taken care. Of. That's good. And did you make that train? You didn't have to Henry. I did so.
3: make the train. There we go. So the you had a train, train great was Rosh a, yeah. And I was it's the drunk train. So there were like a bunch of twenty year olds who'd yeah. had their first Zima surrounding me, <laughs> right. and they're like, "What's in that bag?" And I said, "I was like, sorry." I said, it's "There's." <laughs> And I said swords, and she's like, "Oh, you're crazy!" (laughs) And I was like, "Yeah, I'm kidding you."
0: (laughs) So, I mean, first of all, that is that's an amazing story because I think Jeff and I can empathize with you. And the thing that I think we need to explore is, like you were saying, ten years into the career, uh, and and you've done a lot of stuff. Um, and you know, Jeff and I with our respective bands, like you know, high highs and some low lows, and you find oh, yourself yeah. at that point where it's like, you know, I've done a lot of stuff before this, why am I doing this? Right. And you try to, you're in sort of denial, and you try to combat it, but well, you got to put some time in in the trenches, and you got to have those work. shit shows to appreciate the great yeah. ones. Right. But what you described- is something that's that no one should have to go through after a certain you you get out of that vortex of shit you've escaped the (laughs) vortex
3: that's what it is yeah yeah Yeah, it's 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 a vortex of shit with uh self-hatred sprinkles it really yeah it's oh
0: so but so in your case is it the kind of like how long do you let that fester and do you get over pretty quickly or do you kind of lug it around with you for a while Until the, until the next good show. That's
3: something I've had to, I had to learn in the, I've been performing, uh, for about eight years now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, at the beginning, it's the kind of thing that would fester, you know, like I'm still, there are people I'm still angry at (laughs) from 2005 or six Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. And as I got, along and as i got more confident i find i let it go quicker and i also just process this idea of like yeah some nights you show up and you're a rock star and you know people hand you champagne and, and kiss your
0: butt and then some nights you show up and you're <laughs> you, sitting in you, front of
1: johnny jones
0: it's the difference between yeah. some nights you headline and some nights you go on last yeah. <laughs> yep. you know yes definitely
3: just, yeah and it's Oh, and she, oh, I need to add this little tidbit. Uh, I, when she did finally introduce me, she's like, ladies and gentlemen, the lady A. And I was like, uh, hi, I'm the lady I. <laughs> she, I was like, you don't even know
0: my to name. Add, to add insult to injury.
3: Injury, yeah. So you're like, oh, God, could this get any worse? Like,
0: I mean, that's, you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's a tough one.
3: All I need is to catch her, like, a rash from this. <laughs> like, that's right. The only thing that could top this off.
0: Well, let's then, yeah. let's, let's yeah.
2: like kind of, I'm, I'm uh, interested in like, really? how did you get into sideshow? Yeah, like that. Or, I mean, because I, I know for me, like when I was, you know, thinking about uh, talking to you, like I, 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 I didn't, oh, uh, the same as comedy growing up, yeah. but it never was like something of like, oh, that's something you do. Like for me, the first thing would probably be the Jim Rose Circus sideshow. Like that would yeah. be the first time yeah. was, like, oh yeah, this is something that like existed. Because after that, it was like, that guy, you know, the puzzle guy was on X Files, Enigma, yeah, and, and uh, then like you saw it Mr. everywhere, Lifto. like
0: Well, what do I think? Jim Rose kind of brought the sideshow element into kind of alternative, like yes. alternative yes, he music it culture. Very rock
3: and roll, and yes. I, you know, to this day, I, uh, I have been in touch over the years with him here and there, you know, very briefly over email, and so it, it's interesting because he was. An influence on me, but almost not the biggest influence mm-hmm. on me. The first time I ever saw it, because I grew up mostly in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and we don't have county fairs in Manhattan. Sure, right. Um, and you did not go out to Coney Island. You just didn't. That was the end of, you know, it was the Warriors. Yeah, right. And um, so I the first place I ever saw fire-eating and sword-swallowing live Was in a tiny theater in Hell's Kitchen. Penn and Teller used to have a show. Uh huh. Yeah. And I was, I guess, 12. And so that was like a really, you know, that was sort of, that's sort of a very, that age has Mm -hmm. a big influence on your life. And, um, I never had a desire to perform. Like I wanted to know what the skills were. Mm -hmm. And I was also kind of a very punk rock kid. Right. Um, I was very about, You know, feeling alienated, screw the man and, and, and being an outsider and a rebel. So anything freakish appealed to me. I mean, I think it was sort of also proto-goth, like before you had hot topic, you just became, you know, interested in like weird morbid things. I have a very, um, John Waters sensibility on all things, on fashion, on, on kitsch, on pop culture, and just Mm -hmm. on, you know, weirdness and, and, and morbid interests. So it was something I was interested in all my life, all my teenage years and I, when I went to college I acquired the book uh, by Daniel Mannix called Freaks We Are Not As Other Who Are Not As Others which is from research publications. They mm-hmm. also made oh what was the other one? Modern primitives.
1: Oh. So right. I got yes. you know I you can, that series. clearly
3: I went to college in the early 90s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um I actually was studying and did graduate uh with a degree in film. Uh, Um my my actual degree is in American film history. Um so the other big influence on my life was movie stars. Right. Like um that's sort of where my drag
1: Mm -hmm. element comes
3: and camp element. John Waters and and you know the flip side of that, which is the very glamorous screwball comedies and Hollywood Mm -hmm. movies in the studio system. Um so my whole life I'd really never had an interest in performing. I wanted to be a writer. And I'd wanted to be a director, but i I was very shy on stage fright. I had always wanted to be on the other side of the camera um so cut to my late twenties, I had totally burned out I'd gone to m y u grad school I mm-hmm. got a degree in film um what was I, your
2: plan with because I was a film major too, and then clearly
3: the, my graduated
2: pap- with no plan of <laughs> except for being in a hardcore actortory
3: yeah, around. my father always said it should be um. You should really take film and carpentry, or film uh-huh. and keep. a manual work with your hands. Yeah, something skill you can do. Something you can actually make money sure, at. Because sure. my father is a doctor, my mother is a professor. So they right. they were born during the depression. So the idea is like get a career mm-hmm. that's a career. Yep. Like you can hand someone a business card and explain right. what you do. Your
0: occupation versus your avocation. Yeah, yes. I like to swallow swords, but I'm actually a uh, well. An I still
3: do that because I, you know, I. For a Long time, balance the two, and I still like. Oh, but I'm a, I during the day I do copywriting and identity consulting for the beauty industry, which uh-huh. is true. Um, but the uh, I burned out on film, I had had a Sundance nomination for my screenwriting, mm-hmm. I had worked in the industry for years, I was the youngest person, um, to be admitted to Columbia. Uh, to do, I did it both undergrad and grad work at the same time Mm -hmm. um i was really serious about it it was my whole life and then once i got out in the industry um i just burned out and i saw a lot of guys that i'd grown up with or friends of my mom's friends kids who are about my age maybe a little older um were really successful. And I was like, but you're from super rich families to begin with, you know? Yeah. So I had kind of gotten stuck in this place where I was burned out on film after film school. And after being in the industry, um, I couldn't get an agent, even though I had like awards and Sundance noms and, and because I was a girl, you know, and they, they were not buying stuff about women. And this is before Diablo Cody and and Tina Fey. And I was angry and I was burned out and I had, Spent my life since I was like 11 or 12 years old, saying that I'd be a director, mm-hmm. and I ended up as a financial editor, as uh-huh. you do, um, which is about one of the world's most boring jobs. It's and I was really into rockabilly at night, uh-huh. you know. So I was, you know, which is the punk retirement home and right. <laughs> um, it's, oh, it so is. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of my life, and I was just sort of bumbling along, and I was working in World Trade Center. Do you want to Oh. It's like dun dun dun. Oh that's uh what is that? Is that coming from outside? I don't Hold know. As your... soon as start, you said yeah. the
0: World Trade Center. Boom, oh my boom, god. Boom. <laughs> is it oh, your
3: I think it's
1: my, um radiator?
0: Yeah. Don't worry about that. We'll oh, that
2: cut we'll so cut so this little cool. part out.
0: Yeah. Hey puppy.
3: I interrupted your nap. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: just, I think it just turned on. Okay. No, um, so yeah. we, we, we run everything through like a, uh, a filter. Like a noise <laughs> removal. <It's>, yeah. It's, <laughs> so it'll be cool. <laughs> it'll be
3: fine. <laughs> or it's just this dramatic background. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: a little Japanese noise project behind yeah. it all. Uh, so, yeah, so then you, but so you ended up in, uh, do it, yeah, financial?
3: I was a financial editor and I was a financial editor because I'd studied writing
2: uh-huh. of
3: some sort. And I was temping for years and my, one of my agencies was like, Hey, you know where all the commas go? And I was like, Yeah, sure. Right. Totally. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Right. And so I ended up as a financial editor, which paid really well, but it really is one of the world's most boring jobs. Um, and that was, you know, the dot com bubble had not yet burst. And, and so I made it. days. Heady days. I made a ton of money. I barely worked right. uh, during the day. I shopped eBay for vintage
0: <laughs> Early eBay.
3: Yeah. Uh, I had a very heavy vintage clothing collection. <laughs> and uh, which I'm still trying to sell off. But uh, <laughs> the, um, and I went to, you know, Las Vegas for Rockabilly Weekenders. Like that was my life. Okay. And
0: a lot of car shows. Car
3: shows. Um, I managed somehow to escape with no tattoos, but yeah. um, wow! Well, I mean, that might that's be
0: the, the the Jewish elements. Yeah, that's part well. of
3: it. Yeah,
0: the, the Jew and kept yeah. you from the flight. Yeah, because
3: I grew up with a lot of Holocaust survivors, <laughs> sure. and there's like no guilt like that guilt. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, <laughs>
2: but rockabilly wasn't that strong. <laughs> uh,
3: no, but having someone who was born in a displaced yes. persons camp tell <laughs> exactly. you, I don't know why a Jew would voluntarily tattoo themselves. <laughs> right. That that's kryptonite. <laughs> that is kosher kryptonite. <laughs> So <laughs> so when did,
2: when in when in this path did all of a sudden you say hey I should start swallowing I, swords?
3: Well, basically what like. happened was after nine eleven I was just dis- I was put out of work and I was like I need to restart my life and right. I did and I started <laughs> didn't I was,
2: we all think that? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> yes. Is the well, answer. I worked in
3: I worked at two World Trade Center right. and yeah. I wasn't there that day because I overslept. Oh um, wow. Um yeah. So it really like I spent a. Good, most of 2000, the remainder, remainder of 2001 and most of 2002 curled up in a ball. Right. So there was a lot of that. Sure. And, uh, after a while, I started, you know, I started a makeup company, mm-hmm. uh, design company that did not work out. Um, I started copywriting, you know, that became my day job, which I still do and I still really like. Mm-hmm. And
0: there was no interest in, in getting back into
3: performing. Fine-
0: but with the fin- even though the finance job paid quite well, you actually, just –
3: actually it's funny the, the dot com bubble burst, and then I was just I hated it, and I was like I can't spend my life doing something sure. I really hate anymore. It just didn't seem, I, I just it pushes you off in such a different direction um, that it's it just becomes a huge priority to. Yeah. Um, Follow your bliss, you know. Not right. in a hippie like I'm selling all my worldly goods and skipping but out. But just to doing the what you want to do, yeah. yeah. But and, the idea and and of, of being a in a fluorescent lit cubicle with yeah. no out plan, you know, with no way to get out, yeah. was a nightmare. And um, you yeah, know, literally a nightmare. I had nightmares about being chased in <laughs> my office or like trying to find. There was a you would com- I was on fifty seven and you would come down to forty five in the World Trade Center. It was called the Sky Lobby, and mm-hmm. I would have these dreams where if i could just go to 45 and touch the button for the elevator everything would be okay wow so it really yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) a lot of therapy later sure
1: understandable (laughs)
3: yeah it really changed it really changed everything and i'm writing my book it's funny because i've um and i've been working i have a great writers group and it um i have a friend who's like very honest about checking me like you know, you don't want to be 9-11 girl. And I don't, but it's, but it's there. And I, you cannot est- underestimate the different directions that push people right. off into. Yep. Um, so at that time, the New York rockabilly scene was sort of dying an ugly death. And I was like, I'll get into music promoting, but I'm going to do something crazy with it. I'm going to add burlesque performers and psychics and, um, uh, sword swallowers and, uh, you know, other performers and no one. That would—that's a scene that's very too cool for school. If mm-hmm. they don't like you, they don't give a shit. If they love the sideshow
0: scene, I'm sorry,
3: I take that back. The rockabilly scene is this sc- okay, scene yeah. that's very too cool, cool right. for school. If they don't like you personally, yeah. they don't care if you're going to raise Elvis from the dead. They will stay home
1: because <laughs> they
3: don't to show you you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so I did that, and I found that producing music, producing music, you know, live music nights was a drag and it was no fun, but I really did fall in love with the burlesque performers mm-hmm. and the sideshow performers. And at the time I got to be uh, good friends with a sideshow performer at the time. He was the inside talker at Coney Island, um, Tyler fire. And I just loved watching him work. And, um, so I sort of was getting this idea in my head and I, um, at the, at around the same time, uh, my best friend's mother, who I had been very close to, our families were very close. Mm-hmm. Her mother passed away from breast cancer. And so we decided to do a breast cancer fundraiser. And a friend of mine who lived in San Francisco, uh, introduced me to a graphic artist just because I needed someone to do a poster, uh, introduced me to this woman, AV Fibes, and, uh, whose first name is Alia, and she, and I were talking about the poster. And I don't know how it came up. She and I just fell to talking. We immediately mm-hmm. liked each other an enormous amount. And I kept saying, like, you know, I'd kind of like to – if I had the money, I would go to the Coney Island Sideshow School. Like, I don't know what I'd do with it because I had no ambition of being a performer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there were several things in my life I wanted to learn. You know, they were on my bucket list. I just want to learn them. Yes. Right. And, you know, like, I honestly like loading a film camera <laughs> was one of those things. And I did it. Yes. And so I was like, now I kind of always want to learn to eat fire. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, but it's expensive, and I can never get the money together." And finally, she's like, "Oh, don't be a sucker! I'm a retired fire eater. I'll teach you." So I actually learned down the block from this apartment on McGinnis Avenue where oh, she really? lived. Yeah. Oh, amazing! In her living room, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
0: scorched black wall. No, no, they
3: were cool. They were cool. She's a good teacher. Um, uh, and so I learned from her, and um you know, I was like, "Well, why? Why not?" I, I don't know why I was just like, now is it I am going to be a performer. Yeah, right. Like, I have no idea other than like, life is very short. Yeah. So, right. You know, I sort of just. I think that's
2: a pretty big thing.
3: <laughs> yeah. I just sort of grabbed onto that and I, um. So I learned to eat fire. I learned to do human blockhead, which is – Explain –
0: Yeah. Okay. You were literally just about until I interrupted you to ask you to – Explain explain what that is.
3: The human blockhead is the ability to hammer nails into your nose. Oh, okay. Or basically – that's the most basic. I always call it the chopsticks of Sideshow. It's it's like the first most basic
0: thing you learn. And you are a rare double blockhead. I am a double
3: blockhead. Most human beings, because we are asymmetrical, have a deviated septum. And so you can – uh it works well on one nostril but not on the other. And um uh thanks to Dr. Cooper when I was nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> my septum is perfect, right. straight yeah. as an arrow. And um so yeah, I can do I there you know, I I I'm certainly not the only one, but generally you just see people do blockhead in one nostril or right. the can other. you do it at the same time? I can, and I oh. do. That okay. is my that that became my shtick was oh, yeah. doing two things at once. Like, I can do a fork and a spoon.
0: So it's not not necessarily special nails that you have to, like... No. It's, it's, I, people uh... have
3: done it with everything. Um, uh, a lot of dudes do it with electric drills. Uh. And I've seen that. I was like, that's such a dude thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I need power tools for this. <laughs> so which is one of the reasons I made mine a fork and spoon, because it's so ladylike. It's yes. a teaspoon. Yes. Right. And dainty and whatnot. Um,
0: so. uh, talk about like just the idea of building up, kind of the pain tolerance. To, uh, I mean, just or just you know, the, like the training involved. The with training involved
3: how to do this stuff. is I. I've really been very blessed with that. Um, All the AV Fibes, Or she used to be she, when she performed. She was Queen Volnavia, Queen of Nails. Mm-hmm. Um, she's now a, a very good graphic artist. A.V. dot Look it up. <laughs> I always want to plug. She's one of my best friends. Um, Show is
2: sponsored by (laughs) AV5s. AV5s.com
3: of evilkid.com. That's also hers. Uh, she really, people give you these like, it depends on who you learn from, but I think people can give you the like this mystic hoodoo about pain tolerance and yoga and channeling. And really, she's like, look, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. Right. It's just not going to hurt for a long time, which I think is actually a very good life lesson. Right. Um, so the, Bed of nails hurts a lot and I'm I I've written stories about this that where it's just like you get on the bed of nails and it there is no two it won't cut you but that does not mean it does not hurt like a bastard. It's
2: a bunch of nails in your back. Yeah, <laughs> I mean
3: people file them down but even still they right hurt and that's all there is to it. All right. And um I think part of it is it's like anything you go out on stage with is I'm committed to this. Like I can't run off now and just be like, you know what, never mind. Right. Like there is no, yeah. You know what, never mind. I'm scared. Yeah. Like you just you put yourself in this position where you just have to go through with it. Is that the
0: same with like firewalking as well?
3: I've never done firewalking. Mm. Um, what? I've never walked on fire. Not
0: real. I know. <laughs> yeah.
2: I,
3: I I don't even know. Tony what it,
2: Robbins co-opted <laughs> it.
3: <laughs> yeah, probably. That's far too new agey. For yeah. Me. yeah. It would um, go great
0: with most of our record collection. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> just put on some Yanni.
0: Yeah, we're both going through a uh, a serious kind of new age oh. uh, big time. I mean, that, that's another podcast. Yes. Yeah,
3: oh. No, yeah, I yeah. So,
0: what are the painful? So, is, is sword swallowing painful?
3: Sword swallowing the learning process is pretty painful, or it's
2: like working on your gag reflex. Yeah, and... it's
3: desensitizing your gag reflex. You have three. Uh huh. You, people know about the one in the back of the throat but there are sure. two beneath that and the third one the one in your stomach is serious like it, it that is a very strong muscle um uh so training is painful it's not once you learn it's not painful but it's not comfortable right uh blockhead is the same way it's not pain it's
2: never a walk in the park like it's always just kind of there's some level of discomfort yes. yeah uh, it have, depends it's like, like a tattoo I mean you wouldn't know because yeah
3: because I't have one and so I've been told yeah
0: have like uh, have you, do you can you recall any worse gigs that may have involved some of the uh some of the tools of the trade
3: oh god um worse gigs yeah actually this was a worst gig one I and this was when I was just starting out and I took every and I think you should that's when you're learning a skill you take every gig that comes yeah. your way because you really there's no other way to, exactly. l- to learn but on stage right and i took <laughs> i didn't know i could say no and uh, <laughs> sure. you know kind of like yeah it's kind of
1: like
0: vortex school. of shit just yes. very welcoming with yeah.
3: yeah and it was very much like high school and uh you know you don't know you can say no right and um I took one and it was for a fashion line that was put out by a musician. And I'll protect the anonymity of this band by calling them, let's say, All American Retards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I have no idea who you're talking about, but sure. Okay. Do you really? No, know? I, I, I'll figure it out.
3: Yeah. Really?
0: <laughs> no, I know. I know. Okay. I, I know who you're talking just, about. I understand. That. I was just like, really want to make <laughs> Shh, sure. You
3: keep knew. it secret.
0: Secret. Yes. Okay.
3: Anyway. So sorry. Um, anyway. So I took this gig and then I got the flu. Between the time I booked it and I didn't realize I could just be like, hey, I have a raging fever and I can't breathe through my <laughs> yeah. nose. Could I take the day out? You know, could I Could I Much not? Much less
0: put nails through it.
3: Yeah. And all I've been hired <laughs> to do was breathe fire, not eat fire. Okay. Oh, no, a- I'd done eating, fire eating. I was fire breathing. And I, I just want to start with that there's a difference between the, those two skills, um, which is fire breathing is when you take a fuel into your mouth and you exhale it and you make that big fireball. Mm-hmm. And fire eating – is you are moving the fire around. You're actually manipulating with your hands and your mouth
2: and your breath. Fire and breathing's like the guy in Revenge of the Nerds who burns down the jock's frat house.
3: Okay. <laughs> That's fire breathing. So this, bartenders. This you see, there are a bunch of bartenders yeah. who do yeah. fire breathing. And um, fire eating is the, the manipulate. I classify that as the manipulation skill. So I've been hired to do both of those things. Um for this show and they kept us sitting around it was in some dipshit mega club you know like sure uh, yeah I, know, get. Was, I think it was the marquee it was like yeah, this yeah. big you know thumping bass, bottle yeah. service hellhole <laughs> and they kept us waiting there for hours and i was just sick and i you know i couldn't breathe and like my mouth was so dry and you know you've worn your nostrils down to a blowhole mm-hmm. like i was just so sick and it didn't ever occur to me It'd just be like you know what i'm going home i'm sick And so they kept me there for hours and then they decided to dress me up. They're like, we'll provide wardrobe. (laughs) I will never listen to that again. Right. So they gave me like a clown outfit (laughs) and I was mortified. And then they said, okay, it's time to come do your makeup. And, uh, so they had an airbrush artist paint flames on my face. Uh-huh. And then they had someone ta- um, tease my hair, like, into this nasty rat's nest. I don't know why this was high fashion. And I was like, please, no hairspray, because it's full of alcohol, and I don't want to...
0: Of course, yeah, yeah, I- Yeah,
3: so they're like, okay. So now I'm just sitting with, like, looking like a clown hell lunatic, <laughs> like a devil clown lunatic who's got sinus troubles, because I'm a mouth breather now. And I was just tired and sick, sick, sick. And the coordinator comes out and she's like, can you breathe fire down the staircase? And I was like, no, I can't breathe fire down a staircase. Like, I don't have magic powers. Like, I have to obey physics. Like, fire is heat. It rises. She's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. You showed
2: her the movie Backdraft to explain how (laughs) fires work.
3: I should have. I was just like, I don't have time to talk about thermodynamics with you. Right. So uh my cue to start was just someone shoving me out onto the platform. <laughs> and they just opened the curtain and literally shoved me out.
0: That's so, amazing.
3: <laughs> so I did that and I was waiting for the show to be over so I could go home. And in those days, well, I still – I carry all of my equipment. I carry torches. You carry a rag in case there's any cleanup mm-hmm. or you can beat a fire out with a gun. bin <laughs> you need it. But like you carry a cotton rag. And I carried, in those days, I don't do this anymore because I learned the hard way. I carried my fire-breathing fuel in an empty Smirnoff bottle, <laughs> like the little bum bottles. Uh, sure. <laughs> and I turned my back to get a glass of water so because I am, like, going to shrivel up and die. <laughs> and one of the guys from this band is spitting on the floor, and he's like, Oh, my God, that tastes Awful. <sighs> what is that and i was like you looked at my bucket on the floor that is full of torches and dirty rags and nalgene bottles and you're and you saw the booze in there or what you Uh thought was the booze and you're like that's for me (laughs) i was like you have a hobo
2: material i was (laughs) like you
3: have a serious problem if you're like free booze on the floor in a dirty bucket you know so he hadn't he just spit it out as meat and it doesn't yeah. smell like anything like vodka. It's right. oily, it doesn't taste anything yeah. like vodka. If you you know like that's where you hit rock bottom. Right. <laughs> so after that I was just like, fine, I'm done, I can go home. So I just packed up my dirty bucket and I my <laughs> sooty materials and I it was raining. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just want a cab and the cabs wouldn't stop for me. And I'm like, why won't the cabs stop for me? And then I caught myself in a bank window and I still had the flames.
0: Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> <A van. Well, laughs> so, uh, uh, that's, that's the the, the thing is, what, what I find fascinating about these stories is that a band can have a shitty show for a number of different reasons. No one's right. there. Yeah. It, it's like, but at the end of the night, it's like, you, if, unless you're, the guys in your band are total assholes, whatever. you there's a camaraderie there. Yeah. Well, we got right. through that one. And, and this is akin to like a, a comic really bombing is that yeah. like you leave the, and it's even worse than that because like you're on your own. I, I, I love that they pushed you out on the stage like, like some guy Go, trying yeah. to do an open mic for the first right. time. Yeah. And like, and then, and there is this, this element, like the showmanship can cross over into almost like this humiliating, like, like. well, this is what, you know, part of the whole aspect of the showmanship burlesque. Give me some, you know. Yeah. Some, and then when it goes awry, it's... it's right. I
3: think it's so weird. Amazing. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I like writing about and talking about is that, uh, and I have a show that I've been doing with um, another performer who's just a brilliant performer, Mistress B, and she does adult balloon twisting.
1: <laughs> and she's
3: dressed as a dominatrix. And um, you know, people make all these assumptions about who you are based on the fact that you would choose to eat fire, or swallow swords, or whatever, and uh, they don't. It, it's sort of dehumanizing in a way, and sometimes that's good because they're like, "Wow, you're you know, you're a, a superhero," mm, right? And people are are great about it, and 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 fa- you know, fascinated with what you do, and they want to talk to you, and but sometimes it's also has this weird zoo-like quality where they want to touch you and i'm like it's not a penning zoo like yeah it's a freak show right, but yeah. it's not a penning zoo and because
2: that's what it, so- yeah. it sounds like even that and that 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 scenario you are just describing like that it's like almost treating you like a trained monkey as opposed to like a human being yeah no who you- was hired for a certain set of skills and it's just yeah. like it's yeah. the, it's it's, uh, it's in some ways the equivalent of like we need a film editor so we hire an editor because they do that job and then you do this certain specific set of skills but instead it's kind of like ah you're here get out like go do your stuff like i did a
3: i did an episode of where it was a back featured extra on gossip girl and Mm -hmm. they're like can you leave the sword in your mouth and i was like no that's i'm not a dolphin i breathe through that (laughs) hole too and so it was you know they were they were fine and accommodating about it once they learned but i was like i don't know why how you think i I like I have gills or something, and right. like so, I breathe through that hole just like hey. you.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask you this because this was a show where you were you were sharing the stage with a band, and I know that you've opened for Mates of State as well. I've who, opened for who Mates of actually,
3: State. That was an awesome show. Well,
0: I, I was I was I was curious how and we've it, opened for them too. So we've all we all three of us they, all have all opened for Mates
3: of, Mates of they State. They were lovely. I have nothing but good things to well, say. And I still have a
2: box them. of their vinyl in my practice space <laughs> <laughs> that they left at a show we played by accident. The only
3: yeah, the only downside of that was for me they left us they had at that show they had um kids if you're watching if you're listening (laughs) go take your kids away from for the listener
1: for the listener take your
3: kids away (laughs) from the computer right
1: now
3: uh they left me in a room with the empty bodies they had like oh god what's the name of that show Gabba ga- uh, not Gabba Gabba, hey, that would be the Ramones. Uh, Yo, Yo, Gabba, Gabba, Yo Gabba Gabba. They have the creatures from Yo Gabba Gabba, yeah. and like one of them just looked like a big dildo with one eye. i like, I don't know <laughs> yeah, what it yeah, is.
0: Right. And like, a, Oh, I know him.
3: Yeah, and then another <laughs> fuzzy thing, and they yeah. just, and the, I was left alone in the dress. That's not their fault, but I was like, <laughs> right. just, and I was like, that's kind of creepy. If I was a kid, I would be peeing myself right now. <laughs> well, my, my question. But they were great. My, well,
0: uh, so my question for you is going over with like a music audience doing your show. I'm a, it sounds like a, it went well. You you can get on stage and ideally in front of any audience you know, kind of
3: – the huge difference thing. there was um, that uh, with Mates of State, you know, I worried about that show because it was a sold-out show at mm-hmm. Bowery Ballroom. And it's like I've seen, you know, great bands at Bowery mm-hmm. Ballroom. You don't realize how big it is until you're on the stage. Right. And, um, uh, the – you know, it was a sold out show. Room is packed and I'm like, oh, this is not my usual audience. And, you know, are they hipsters are going to hate me. I don't, you know, I don't even know that much about that band. And um, the difference, the major difference was I talked my way through it. Like I was given a mic mm-hmm. and I, you know, was just like, all right, we're going. And um, it was... Early in the evening, and you know, I, I don't know how much people want to sit through, but you know, I know, like unless the opening band is awesome, you're kind of like, ah, yeah, come right. on, bring on the guys I paid for. And um, but I found like I won the the audience over. I started playing the front row, and then I started moving back, mm-hmm. and then I started moving back, and soon I I sort of like to treat the audience as this huge um, like, hey, we're all on the train to Funville. Yeah. Let's all go. And you just, win, you know, once you have the mic, you can win them. Yes. And they're, you know, when they see you're having fun and the guy in the front row is having fun, the guy like a little further back and especially with sideshow, cause people are really naturally curious to see what's yeah, going right. on. Cause it is a spectacle, you know, it is so unusual. So, so,
0: um, and, and it sounds like that was kind of a natural transition into doing comedy.
3: Yeah. Um, the way I do sideshow, I think it's a little different than, the way a lot of people do sideshow. I mean, it's not better or worse. It's mm-hmm. just different. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a talker. <laughs> yes, you, you, you will realize as you ed- edit the eight hours of my blabbing. Sure. <laughs> um, but I, when I set up the character of the Lady I, I set it up as, th- I bottom lined it for myself as part Carnival Barker, part Dorothy Parker. Like I wanted to see if I could do it in this way that was sort of it's really easy to be shocking. I mean, like, crust, there's a huge sideshow crust punk scene, um, which is an extension really? of Jim Rose. I think I might
2: have actually known. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that and it's, I that's, that. It, that very naturally grows out of Jim Rose and the uh, piercing and tattoo yeah, sure. and,
0: um, suspension. Uh, wait, what, the what? The su- suspension, yeah. flesh
3: suspension.
0: Oh, okay. When you like, okay. hook yourself yeah. right Yeah. And
3: I like, uh, like, I, there's some good, you know, not to knock every performer as a whole, but like, for me, like I can't deal with flesh suspension, but mm, right for me, just the like, words themselves I know, the it words are horrifying. Like, ah. But it, <laughs> was, to me, it's you. like it's you can sort of easily go for the shock value. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be a very old-timey type of performer, which is you know step right up, ladies and gentlemen, sure. like and do um, what they call ballet. Uh And there's you know it's anybody's game. There are any number of ways to do it, just the same way. There's any number of ways to do comedy. And I found I really liked talking to the audience and I really liked telling stories and I really liked being funny in this sort of, um, you know, part carnival barker, that we never say barker. Uh,
0: well, <laughs> is say bar barker kind of a barker
3: is what outsiders say. We say uh, talker.
1: Ah.
3: Um, uh, but I liked being funny and loose and and sort of surreal and absurd with it. I mean, in my head it's sort of um you know anti Mame plus Pee-wee Herman plus, you know, any other plus John Waters, you mm, know, right. plus any number of other things and it so it's a little rock and roll, it's a little subversive, it's a little surreal. Um I tend to overthink everything in my own life and be very intellectual and analytical about it, so I like being a little stupid on stage. <laughs> um Come to the right podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of like, you know, sometimes I'm just like, I was going to wear the same thing, you know. Uh, Um, So comedy has been, you know, it's an interesting transition. And I've had great nights and I've had suck nights. And I, I find I'm way more nervous than I have been in years and that's because
0: it's new it's a new skill but you're also doing parts of your act as well i'm
3: doing parts of my act um i did one night somebody asked for political stuff so i tried to figure out a political act Mm -hmm. parts of it worked most of it didn't because it's just not natural to me it's not that i don't have those feelings but it's just not what i would talk about of a given day um but so far it's gone over really well and i really like it you know i've had some just shows where you wake up the next day and you're just high. It went so well, <laughs> right. you're just high, and then well, like, we don't want to hear about
0: those. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Now I'm at the wrong podcast. I mean, everything is a is a bitter, bitter failure. <laughs>
0: Perfect. <laughs> but yeah. So, but it sounds like Coney, like when you said earlier, I'd love to touch on this. Like, you didn't go to Coney Island. In, I did in, not. In, in, no. Or people didn't go to Coney Island in the in the 70s and 80s. Like that was you just didn't go there. I to didn't hang start out.
3: going there until I was in my 20s or my late 20s. I think of that
0: for but the Mermaid Parade, and, you, but you like now it seems like there's kind of a, a, would, would it be safe to say that sideshow is more accepted today
1: oh yeah than
0: it was you know like if you went to Coney Island, like point, 1978. sideshow tv shows i mean essentially well, like yeah, oddities there has, that will and cover heard, it like,
2: uh, yeah, but then yeah, there's, there's that new show whatever there's, the there's freak, or, show. freak show that there's freak show that's there's freak
3: show which is um the uh uh what's his name ray uh, Anyway, uh, a yeah. It's the – that's out in Venice Beach. I've had friends who work there. I have never been there personally. I just haven't been in L.A. in a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, there's Oddities, which is sort of its own – you know, people rotate through. And, you know, I've even heard uh, Mike Zone from Oddities kind of grumbling, like, ah, too many shows with, uh, <laughs> with with taxidermy. And there's a taxidermy show, which is kind of awesome. Um because it's like Iron Chef with stuff you can't <laughs> eat. <laughs> uh, but there's uh, – yeah, it's it's sort of
0: – So it's burgeoning. Like it's they're, burgeoning they're, in a uh, weird
3: way. And some part of me is the cranky old lady who's like, ah, you kids, get off my right. lawn. You don't know mm-hmm. what you're doing. and. Um, it's you the know, right
2: I'm, we've all earned as we
0: get older. Yeah, and you're like, ah, you got a hammer and to a be nail. And like,
3: yeah, and you got a hammer and a nail, and you think you got an act.
0: But is but, Coney Island still like? Because even in those those gray years, I mean, you would you you automatically associate Coney Island and freak show.
3: Yeah, is it still kind of the just, capital for, of that? As a, as a, I think I mean to oh, did me it is. Well, did I just well say no, I actually just want to draw the distinction between freak show and sideshow because okay. to me as a performer, it's actually an, an important difference, and it's something I deal with in sure. my writing a lot. Which is, I always felt like a freak. I always felt like an outsider. I am not. I am what's called a working act. I chose this life, and mm-hmm. um, I think that's an important distinction for people to make because I see people refer to themselves as freaks, and my feeling is you didn't earn that um mm-hmm. you're just different which is everybody's different yeah right if you're born physically different you have earned, you know you're chosen yeah. by god you're special and that's what that really should be should mean and and you should respect todd that.
2: browning's freaks existed for it's a reason, reason yeah uh, you know
3: but i am a you know i'm a working act right. and there's self-made freaks like if you're the tattooed man or, sure you know piercings that's self-made mm-hmm. and but you know for me i'm like i am a working act i didn't Earn that it's a distinct it's a historical distinction it. and it that's a very techie thing that point taken we're talking about <laughs> yeah. the
2: history this yeah. is just because i'm fascinated with this man yeah. and i would be remiss to not ask yeah well what are your feelings on like ricky J do you know i Rick- in- know
3: ricky G- uh, not personally i mean yeah. i know of him and i yeah i read all i've read a lot of his books and how I, is
2: is
0: he like well regarded oh in god the, yeah obviously yeah. like do you- I, a magician, yeah. comedian, actor. Like, yeah. everything. like he's he's, he's, everything. I find him to be, like, in, uh, No,
3: um, I'd love to have a career well, like he that. He like,
2: basically has the best, like, in my, like, I yeah, look at him, like, him his voice and- is amazing, hanging out with, well, not hanging out with Mammoth anymore, but yeah. the fact that he'll show up in, like, every Mammoth thing. He shows up, like, in, like, all of Steve Martin's things as the reference like, I yeah. love his, just the way he writes about stuff. Like, I'm kind of obsessed with, like, I came- cards as weapons and yeah. uh, tattooed women fireproof Her pigs. Learned or, women. Yeah, yeah learned, le- yes. Fireproof
3: women and learned pigs. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. And then
2: even the dice book
3: it's funny. that he has. Like, It's, it's beautiful. Amazing. Yeah, and he, I, I'd love to have a career like that. Um, yeah. Maybe not the mammoth part. <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh. Wait, is he,
2: did he die? Ricky no. J? Ricky J? No, he's still alive.
3: Yeah. No.
0: Did David Mamet
2: <laughs> no, no, no. no, 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 But Mamet is now just a fucking conservative huh? Oh, that's right. That's what yeah, okay. He's, he's doing, become like uh, the
0: worst person I, in the But I,
3: I can't wait to see the the Phil Spector thing because that's – I, the, those, I those,
0: really – Those subway are really look great. Excited. For the listener, the uh, made-for-TV uh, oh Al Pacino. God, I don't even know. Uh, right. Phil Spector. Uh,
2: but yeah, I just yeah. – for me, like yeah, Ricky J. Just,
3: well, like, it's interesting because I – the books – they're similar books and then the books – that were such a huge influence on me. I was actually using them to research a screenplay. Mm-hmm. And that's when I fell completely in love with Sideshow as a history. Um there's a series of books called Shocked and Amazed, uh-huh. Life On and Off the Midway, and they're by a gentleman whose name is also James Taylor. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and James Taylor owned a club. I used to uh God Rest its soul, I love that room. You always got such a good like, oh I I loved working in that room. Mm. Uh-huh. It was called the red it was the Red Palace when it closed. It was the Palace of Wonders when it opened, in D.C. And he's uh-huh. got one of the world's great collections of uh, memorabilia, sideshow memorabilia. But his books, those books are amazing, and they're really about the people. Like he got some great interviews, like <laughs> Priscilla, the Monkey Girl, and I train. Like I, I, trained,
2: like, I uh, feel like that's one of the reasons I like. Reg- I mean, as a collector, like and like a person who has a collecting mentality, like seeing someone who actually like. That's he's m- got this respect for this world that most people don't know about and know so much and can also throw a playing
0: card into yeah. a watermelon, which I think <laughs> yeah, is the most you, amazing thing. Yeah, you should
3: start reading James Taylor. Well, uh, James Taylor
0: also apparently saw fire and he saw rain. That's why <laughs> he was fire-breathing, so we're just bringing <laughs> but it But he's not together. working at it. He's,
3: he's a scholar. He really is a scholar, and I, I think that's one of the ways, like, I don't like the word nerd anymore. Right. I mean, no offense to— because it, It's just, exhausting. It's, it, it, well, it's yes. been co-opted it's, it's, in a lot of ways yeah. and I I and I have always been I was a film geek and I yep. you know like I spent high school looking for the extant works of Louise Brooks on VHS. Sure. I mean like some <laughs> like I will give myself a wedgie and shove myself in a locker. <laughs> um some some really geeky stuff and I come at st- at things as a total overthinker. Mm-hmm. So I love anyone who's got an intellectual dorky approach to and I don't care what it is you do mm-hmm. like if you're the overthinking comic I am all about it yeah no, maybe not necessarily on it doesn't necessarily always translate on stage um my favorite burlesque performers are really smart and mm-hmm. they're artists before they're you know like uh, not that I don't have respect for her craft, but like, I find Dita Von frankly very boring. I was gonna, yeah. She's gorgeous. Her. You know, sure. her, her style is impeccable. I, I, I have seen boobies before. I right. can see boobies all the time. I have some myself. Right. And <laughs> so it, just watching a woman peel away clothing. She
2: also, she has that sculpted look that is in a different, it's it's sometimes a different, a different era. world. It's the, it's yeah. the, uh, Oh, uh, what the hell's his name from James Addiction?
0: Uh Perry Farrell. No. Well him Dave too. Navarro.
2: Dave it's the yes. Dave Navarro world. I personally <laughs> yeah. cannot stand that guy. More than anything in the world. Fuck you, Dave Navarro. Fuck
1: you, Dave
3: Navarro. Completely. For me, Dave Navarro. Not so much Dave Navarro, but like him and for some reason dancing. Like uh, like all my spare hate gets heaped on them for no particular reason. (laughs) But
2: I love dancing. I I
3: love hate him. I love hate him. I don't dislike the music. I just like making fun of him. Oh right,
0: of course.
2: Dave Navarro's my. I the day I first really started hating him was there was that Cribs episode. And in his apartment, one, he had like, he's like, this is my collection of gynecological tools. I'm like, boring. No, that's not right. <laughs> and then he had a, an entire wall. And if he was doing it for a joke, it was a bad joke, but an entire wall of the uh, Vietnam photo of the general shooting the Ugh. prisoner. Ugh. And he's like, I look at that every day. And I'm
0: like, life is pretty good or some bullshit. And I was like, you're an <laughs> asshole. <Sleeped>. Everything <laughs> about
2: you is. Unless he fricking.
0: got those gynecological tools from, uh, uh, oddities. Uh, yes. so I would say there. yes.
3: Please <laughs> pour you your probably, money into Obscura. You probably did. So, so yeah.
0: To bring the show full circle, I mean, yeah. we've 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 yeah. learned a lot. You yeah. shared some amazing stories mm-hmm. with us. A question that we ask all of our guests here: What do you think of the word "gig"?
3: I kind of like it, and I'll tell <laughs> you why. I, you know, I think deep down inside every. Everybody, not just, I was going to say punk rock kids, but just everybody is that like, I want to be a rock star. Mm -hmm. I cannot sing and I cannot play an instrument. So I was (laughs) never that, you know, as much as I wanted to, like in high school, I had this ambition of like, I'm going to pick up the bass because it's only four strings and Kim Gordon looks so badass. (laughs) (laughs) It did not happen. But, you know, so I think I spent my whole life as sort of this repressed, like, I want to be a rock star too. I just can't do anything. And so every time I have a gig, it's sort of, sort of rock and roll. You know, it's like the closest (laughs) I will ever get to. So I, I, I can imagine if you hate it, I, I can, I can understand that. But for me, it's kind of like, I try not to overuse it. There's a
0: mythology from where you're coming from. Because it has that.
3: Because I the, don't come from music background, right, other than go. as a like just a fan. door sure, I right. do not come from that background. So for me, I'm like, yeah, I got a gig. You know, like it's, <laughs> I just, you know,
0: as long as it's I'm not in front you, are in good <laughs> yeah, shape.
3: Yeah, like it just for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna trash a hotel room.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> the lady, I um, thank you so you, much. You've, you've, oh, I was gonna give you a whole outro. Oh, sorry.
3: <laughs> Ugh, see? <laughs> Let's. You've worst totally, gig ever! Totally.
0: I just totally ruined it. So yeah. uh, look, you, you know you um, <laughs> yeah, there's so many amazing you, like I mean there was some there are some real soul sucking and soul searching moments and all the stuff that you've you've told us some some amazing stories. There's a, there's 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 some there's some dark stuff yeah <laughs> in there. Uh, I know you you uh, were taught how to eat fire right down the street John- from the worst gig ever studio. Yes. You're going back up to the Upper East Side. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, the Jewish High Holidays – Holidays? Holidays yeah. coming up in a little while. Yeah. It's not, we have not Passover a, coming up very soon. We, oh, that's right. We do have Passover. Yeah. Pesach coming up. <laughs> very, so in order, for, in order to prepare to order your for that – In order to prepare for that, I don't know what you're going to be doing, you know, <laughs> double blockhead or or sword swallowing. We just want you to get home safe.
3: I will. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. First gig ever! ever. <laughs> <laughs>